Welcome to Doc Talks, brought to you from NerdWorks Media. Welcome back to Doc Talks, where I doc talk. Hope we're doing good. We have lots of things to get through before we get moving, and a couple of thank yous. Today we're going to be continuing with fighters, but again, like I said, we got a few things to jump into. First off, hi everybody, thank you for coming, really appreciate everybody coming here. I love the love that Doc Talks gets. We're talking about a game, we're not talking about anything that you can't find online, but the simple fact that you come here, little bits of explanation, little bits of learning how to play a game is amazing to me. I want to remind you that if you're new to D&D and you want to get involved with it, I suggest you start making character sheets. To do so, you don't need any kind of money or resource into it. The only thing that you have to do is you need to go to uh, Wizards of the Coast. The links are in the podcast bio, and I also am trying, I will update them so they're in the YouTube ones as well. But there is free rules, free explanations. It's a shortened version of the rules. It's not all of them, but they're they're in there. They're free. Character sheets. Sorry, I was drawing a blank there. Uh, again, there are links that I keep in my normal podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast form, if you scroll down to the bottom somewhere, there is links. I also have a link to our Discord channel on there if you'd like to join us there. It's a wonderful community. And also you can look up uh, everything that we do on nerdworksmedia.com. Again, I told you we have a few announcements. Bear with me. Halfway through this, we're going to take a short break, somewhere in between, not necessarily halfway, and we're going to play a few commercials, because as we grow, these are things that people, um, we're going to have to adjust for when we get sponsors, and if you would like to sponsor us again, just reach out, contact us, uh, our information's on nerdworksmedia.com, and as that happens, I needed a place to put that, so there will be a small break, it's about four minutes, five minutes long, I'm literally not going anywhere, just putting it in to get into putting stuff in. Thank you for everybody who came out Sunday for our new friend Kenobi's Nook to a good friend of the channel, a good friend of the show, a friend of Mike and myself, who uh, is an amazing person, who is doing his variety Star Wars stream Sundays here on NerdWorks Media channel. He is amazing. He is wholesome. I'd like to thank Sith Raven for giving him his first raid within like 10 minutes of being live. That was amazing and wonderful. He's going to continue doing it 3 p.m. Pacific on Sundays, and we do everything at Pacific time. Also, thanks for everybody who's been coming out to the Rupture RPG games uh, and their first streams where they literally built characters and it was interesting to see a new game system being used. They are going to be doing Fridays and Saturdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, so don't miss them. But the games are going to be a little different. They're, the Saturday and one of the Fridays is going to be their normal world game, which is very interesting if you want to look at their regular world and the, the mythology behind that. But they're also going to be in Bengen, the Bros and Dragons world. So come out and check them out. Thanks to everybody who came out for Bros and Dragons again last night. We took one week off, and that's because we had people traveling from Gen Con, and we didn't want to just overwhelm. It will not mess up the schedule of releases. Episode 3 is still going to be released this Friday, so we still have that. There's one last announcement. We'll jump into Fighters, and this one's a little personal. Hi, Sofa. This one's really personal, so just give me a second. My deepest and most heartfelt thank you to everyone who helped me 
on my personal channel, go affiliate. Um, we are now affiliate. I am DM Doc is affiliated. I'll do bonus streams every Wednesday. I'll do my normal Punch Kitty Skyrim edition where I voice act the, the character Twitch Chat, which is a Punch Kitty because that's what uh, Chat wanted. But I was overwhelmed by the love of the community that we have. And again, going back to the Discord. Um, yes, the surprise hype train. On my first affiliate stream that I kind of tried to do on the DL because I was just playing video games and the setup was there. And I was like, man, I just turn it on. Um, was amazing. I forgot that our Discord automatically says when I'm live and that kind of let the cat out of the bag. So everybody who came along for that trip, thank you. I, I do not know how to say it more. It was amazing. And it let me know the community we're building is the right community for what we're doing. As NerdWorks grow, things will grow. Like I said today, we're going to take a, a quick commercial. Um, right after I go through what all fighters get, we'll drop into a little commercial box and then we'll jump right back in. But let's jump back into fighters at D&D 5e. Again, I want to remind you that this is not a D&D thing. Um, season 1 is D&D, so you'll be able to go back and look at these. There's not an infinite thing to cover. And Jeremy Crawford does sage advice where he gets into a little bit more detailed, um, a little bit more playing a lot game advice. Um, and Jeremy Crawford is the lead game designer of D&D 5e. So I am not I don't speak for any company. I have friends that work in certain companies. I have friends that play and design certain games. I've helped a little with some games, but again, I'm not the expert. So as we jump back into fighters, I want to remind you that we never make fun of what anyone wants to play. In any game that we're playing, it doesn't matter. People have their preferences. They love their preferences, and we are going to allow them to have their preferences. We do not make fun of anybody. We do not say people's ideas are dumb. And if somebody wants to be a human fighter, we don't talk about how boring humans are. In fact, the best I ever heard one time was somebody said, if you are bored with a certain kind of character, maybe you're the boring one. And I hit that real entertaining people, people who are not boring, are people that you can give anything to and they'll make something of it. And if we remember that when we go into this, we don't want to make fun of what people choose to play. <laughs> Excuse me. So let's jump into what all fighters get. And the first thing is, is they get proficiency with all armors, all shields, all simple and martial weapons. There's not much in battle, in hand-to-hand -hand melee battle, that a fighter cannot at least hold their own on. So no matter what subclass you take, as a fighter, you always have the ability to go face-to-face -face with an enemy. You also get that fighting style, so you can choose archery if you want to. Um, an, an old army archer is not a ranger. An old army archer was a fighter who knew how to pick up a bow and use it. And so archer is one of them. Defense is one of them. You know, Being proficient and not fighting, but wearing armor is the thought process on that. Dueling. So the one weapon, using one weapon and no other weapon, allows you to get more to your damage because you're more proficient with using the one weapon. Great Fighter allows you to reroll ones and twos if you're using a two-handed weapon. And remember what we said last time, it doesn't need to be a great weapon, it doesn't need to be an only two-handed weapon, it's two-handed or versatile. Uh, 
if it has a versatile property, you get to gain this benefit. It's going to be up to your DM if he's going, if, if, not he, I think me, remember, I do apologize, but your DM in the game is the one who's going to make the decision on if you have to be using two hands to use this part of it, and it's fine. And then the last one is protection. And this one is like your little tanky one fighter person that we think of when we think of fighters, which allows um, a use of a, a reaction. So we only have a limited amount of resources, but sometimes it's good to have options. And if we can gain in reaction bonus actions and the such, we turn our character to not being the same thing over and over again. And, of course, the final, final, excuse me, I missed this one. The final option is two-weapon fighting. I forgot to put in my notes. I forgot last week. And that is fighting with two weapons, you gain the ability modifier bonus to the second weapon attack. You usually don't get that when you fight with two weapons. You can only get to choose one of these, so make sure it's right for the instance you're doing. A good DM will let you change it, but the rules don't allow it to be changed. So just remember... Speak to your DM. We do we do not make, make characters to surprise our dungeon masters. That's what DM stands for. Uh, we that's the person running the game. We we want to make our character with them as much as possible. Even if you have to force them to make a character with you, do it. It's well worth it, and there's no surprises. In some instances, you get to choose another down the line, but you know you can't now. Just also remember, you can't choose the same one twice. So that's important. All fighters get the second wind ability. So once per short rest, it's short rest and long rest. So when I say short rest, anytime you take a rest, if I say long rest, it's just once a day is the thought process. You can use your bonus action and add hit points to your hit point pool. 1d10 plus your level. That's it. You're using your bonus action to do this, but you gain hit points to take a second wind. In the thought of role-playing, this is the fighter digging deep, using their their training to shrug off some damage or fight through. Or I like to play it as I'm hurt, but I can still move because I've trained myself to move through the fighting. All fighters gain action surge. You can use this feature once every short rest. Until 7th level, you get another one. On your turn, for a free action, you do not use a, you have to use a bonus action or anything. It's a free action to use this. You can use one additional action. At 17th level, you can use it twice. But one additional action. Most fighters will use this to make another attack because as a fighter goes up in level, this fight, all fighters gain more attacks. So, Which will explain here, at 5th level, you're going to gain a second attack. Hello, Wednesday. There's some qu- uh, clarification to this. You can attack twice with this feature, but only when you use the attack action as your action. You get more as you go, but if you do not take the attack action as your action, you do not get the other attacks. That's the the limit to this. That's what you have to do. It increases with levels, and by the time you get to 20th level, you're attacking four times per attack action, which means you can attack up to at least eight times Per round, nine if you're two-weapon fighting using your bonus action. This is what all fighters get. It's very simple. 
I also recommend this as a starting point for most people because it is simple. It's easy to manage depending on your subclass. And if you're first getting into the game, you really don't want to overwhelm yourself. When you start throwing in spells and things like Wild Shape or Channel Divinity or the ones that get a little bit more to them or Warlock where you have spell slots but they renew every short rest and you will start to confuse yourself if you start like that. And it may be what you want to. But if I could give you this one advice to a new player, start something simple. Do not, unless you have played games before, and just not D&D for some reason, you just never played Dungeons & Dragons, you played other tabletop, which is possible. Highly unlikely, but very possible to have happened, depending on who your friend group is. Try to keep it simple, and this is a good class to go for. All right. We're going to attempt this break really quick. I'm going to take a few sips of water while it's running. It is four to five minutes, so just hang in there. G-Rath, hi, I do see you. Hi, pipe, 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 pipe. Uh, so we're going to run a break. We are, we're going to start doing this. Every show is going to have a small break somewhere, and they're going to have commercials. We're trying to make room for sponsorships. We want them to be quick. So I'm literally, in five minutes, going to show you three or more things that are going on at NerdWorks Media. So hang in there. I'll be right back. I'm not going anywhere. I'm sitting right here. So the minute it's over, we're jumping right into Echo Night. Here we go. It has been 300 years since the Great Rupture. And now, magical energy known as mana flows through all of creation. Through all people, through all rocks and trees, through the very land itself through the water that surrounds us and the sky above us. Many have used their own mana to create magnificent realities and to change and shape this world of Taral. Some could not handle the mana flowing through their veins and it has torn at their very soul. Many people are seeking a way to reverse the effects of being mana torn but to no avail. Here in the shadow of the empire, created by the peace treaty between the humans and orcs, you have a chance to shape your destiny. What will you do with the mana flowing through your veins? What paths will you follow? What trails will you blaze? The choice is completely yours. Come to the magical land of Taral decide your destiny. Sorry, we're back. Onward to Echo Knight. So, for those that don't know, some of these printed materials are in printed materials for other things. But I'm including the hiccups. I'm including everything that's coming out that's coming from Wizards of the Coast. One of the books was Wild Mount. Uh, that was season two. Yeah, campaign two of, of Critical Role. In that book, Echo Knight is there. So that's where you find this one. Or you can find it online. Easy searches and stuff like that. But again, I believe in giving money back to if I enjoy a game. So that was the thing. <laughs> Sorry, self. Uh, I will say a player one time playing an Echo Knight turned it into a kink, and, and I'm not mad. 
But hey, RP away. I'm not here to judge. It was interesting. It was fun. It was something fun at the table. And I thought it was awesome because a player took these combat things and turned them into something else. Whether you agree with it or not is not the point. The creativity is the point. And it was great and creative. And again, I don't judge. So with Echo Knight, along with everything else that you have as fighter at third level, you get Manifest and Echo. Or Manifest Echo. You create a magically manifested duplicate of yourself. Same height, same everything. Looks like you. In essence, it's a little bit more um, transparent. Opaque. It has an AC of 14 plus your proficiency mod. It doesn't change. Your proficiency mod does, but the AC doesn't. It has a whopping one health point, and it doesn't ever change. It is immune to all conditions. You can have the echo move 30 feet in any direction, but if it's more than 30 feet from you, it gets destroyed and disappears. It needs to stay in that 30 feet. You can teleport as a bonus action on your turn, this is magical, to the echo using 15 feet of your movement. Keep that in mind because that's different for everybody else or for uh, depending on which species you choose. So you can teleport as a bonus action using 15 feet of your movement. You can attack through your Echo. And you can have your Echo use your opportunity attack. So it gives you another essence on the field. It opens up the field. If you're somebody who needs a couple of options, this might be a good one for you. When you get your Manifest Echo at third level, you also get Unleash Incarnation. So if you take an attack action, your character, your fighter, takes an attack action using a melee weapon or a bow and arrow. You can make an additional attack from your echo. So this is going to stack at 5th level. You take an attack, you get an extra attack, and then your echo also gets an attack as well. If you think about it that way. It's still your attack, but it's from your echo. Uh, you can use that Unleash Incarnation feature equal to your con modifier per long rest. So whatever your con mod is, you can use it that many times. At 7th level, you get Echo Avatar. As an action, you can see and hear through your Echo's eyes and ears. You can move your consciousness to your Echo. Your actual self is deaf and blind. This lasts for 10 minutes, but it does allow your Echo to go 1,000 feet from you while you're using this. And you can hear and see through that Echo. It'll be destroyed if you stop using your Echo avatar, and or the 10 minutes runs out, the Echo will be destroyed if it's not 30 feet from you. Queen, hi, thank you for stopping in. At 10th level, we're going to grab, or we're going to gather ourselves and take Shadow Martyr, is what it's called. We'll get it. We don't get to take it. We get it. Your Echo, not you, your Echo, can throw itself in front of an attack. So, before the attack is rolled, but after an attack is declared, you can use your reaction. It is a reaction, so if you use your reaction, you can't use it, but if you have reaction available... You could teleport your Echo into an unoccupied space within five feet of that creature. It doesn't matter where. And the attack goes to the Echo instead. You can use this only once per short rest, but in some battles it might be life or death. 
I appreciate the lurk, Quinn. At 15th level, we get ro- uh, reclaim potential. When your echo is destroyed by taking damage, so it has to be attack and destroyed, not you walking it out of range, you gain 2d6 plus your con modifier and temporary hit points. You can use this feature three times your con modifier. So, for example, if your con modifier is three, you can use it nine times between long rests. It's a nice way in a battle that's really overheated where your echo gets destroyed that you gain some extra hit points to play around with, you know, up to the minimum of 13, or, uh, well, a minimum of three, but maximum of, again, your con, which hopefully with this creation you're working on your con a little bit more. You focus yourself, and don't think of this as more... You can be pure magic if you want to roleplay that. But you could also roleplay this as using your chi magically. Your essence. Being able to separate your consciousness from your soul is another way to look at it as well. If you do that, just remember in your roleplay, your soul wasn't destroyed. It just got put in its place. (laughs) That one hit point is the connection itself that allows it to exist away. It's the one hit point that breaks it and brings it back. <clears throat> uh, the next one we're going to do is Eldridge Knight. We might get done a little quicker today. I thought the first part was going to take a little longer. That's misplanning on me. Or we'll just look and see what's next, and hopefully I know enough about it, and we'll jump into it. But Eldridge Knight is your spell casting. So at third level, when you take Eldritch Knight, you gain spell casting. You get access to spells. You have rules, just like other spellcasters will have for spell casting. That's right. Wearing plate armor and be a beat-down monster, you also get spell slots. When I think of Eldritch Knight, I think of battle mages. So if you know what those are, uh, in a lot of fantasy books, there's battle mages. And those are warriors that don't really use weapons but in this case you'll have both they can they're fighters but they can use magic or magi who were magic users that their level their power increased when they served a king or a queen and the longer they served the more powerful they became you are a half caster in your spell casting so you have limited spell slots limited spell levels to work with so just remember that as you're going through this and as you add more commodities to pay attention to remember if you're brand new probably not the one you want unless you got a group of people that are willing to help you because sometimes it's really hard to keep up with everything that's going on along with spell casting at third level we get weapon bond i love this feature um I, i i wish it was something we could do more So weapon bond is you bond yourself to your weapon. You have to do it during a short rest. So the party has to take a short rest and you have to not take a short rest and perform a ritual. When the ritual is done, when weapon bond is complete, you cannot be disarmed from your weapon unless you are incapacitated. And here's the cool part. You can summon that weapon to you as a bonus action. Plane of existence depending, but that's it. As long as you and that weapon are in the same plane of existence, you can call it to you. 
Seventh level, little unique. A lot of fighters get, if they use an attack action as their action, they get another attack. When you use a cantrip at seventh level as your action, you get one weapon attack. Little extra that happens, little. This is where the argument to using bonus actions as actions or vice versa comes into play and is part of the thought. The thought was not that a bonus action can be used as an action. The thought was bonus action and actions were separate, and that's what these mean. According to the rules, if you're using something that's a bonus action, this would not trigger. A bonus action cantrip, if they were, I can't think of any right the second, you wouldn't get the weapon attack with the rules. But it's DM dependent, so make sure your DM, you are all on the same page with this. At 10th level, you're going to get Eldridge Strike. So basically, weapon attacks, that hit, now make that creature have disadvantage on a save against the spell of yours before the end of the turn. So this is a matter of knowing what everything does, what action, bonus action, your commodities, and using them in the correct order is going to come into play, because once it's done, that turn, you will not have, they will not have that disadvantage on saves. 15th level, you gain Arcane Charge. You can teleport into an unoccupied space 30 feet from you when you use an action search. That's a lot because there's little steps. So basically, if you're using your action search, you action search, teleport, and then use your action. It's that simple. Or the rules actually state, I believe, I don't have it open in front of me, that you can action surge, use your action, and then teleport, which is fine as well. And finally, for Eldritch Knight, 18th level, improved war magic. When you use your action to cast a spell, you can make a bonus action weapon attack with the normal bonuses. This is a spell, by the way, and it's actually gaining you an attack, but it's eating up your bonus action. So you can cast an actual spell and then make a weapon attack using your bonus action without having to use the bonus action rules, which are the two-weapon fighting as a bonus action. When you attack, you don't get to use your modifier. And that's all DM-dependent. Again, these are unspecified rules as the game grows and new things get put out. It, it does. It grows the... 5e rules really do grow with it. So just pay attention to that. Being a master of both worlds, and think about it, maybe your spell power is linked to serving a king or queen, like the Magi I talked about. Or maybe you just have an innate spell ability. Maybe... Anything is possible that you can think of. I can't go past the Magi, I think, because that's really what I would use this for. <clears throat> we got 12 minutes, and uh, Purple Dragon Knight is going to be the next one. So if you haven't seen this one, I believe it's uh, Tasha's Cauldron. Just let me pull it up real quick and look it over. So I have my own references to this. I don't want to miss um, so purple dragon knights are called bannerets. I believe is the actual word. It is. Here it is. I found it. Look at me doing the things. 
your brave deeds in this. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love giving information, and I, I, I love giving information about things that people want to hear about, so it means a lot to me. A banner at uh, night fights, and, and in their fighting, they have bravery. Bravery beyond belief, and that bravery is going to inspire everybody else around them. And so, it's a very simple breakdown. I knew it wasn't going to be a lot. Because I remember it, but and this isn't Tasha's. This is uh, Sword Coast Adventures. God, I do apologize. So, when you choose this archetype, archetype or martial archetype, depending on how you want to say it, they're all the same. It's a subclass. You learn to inspire your allies, and basically, like a fighter can push past their their injuries to do more. The this fighter can rally everybody else to do the same encourage them so when you use your second wind feature you choose up to three creatures that are 60 feet from you that are allied with you and each one gains hit points equal to your fighter level so at this level it would be three and the only thing is they have to be able to see or hear you they don't need both they need one or the other and as long as that can be met, and again, that's DM dependent. So make sure if you want a pur- purple dragon knight or a banneret that you talk to your DM and explain and, and get their thought process on this. Do not be surprised later on. At seventh level, they gain royal envoy. So you basically get proficiency in, in persuasion. If you already have persuasion in it, you could choose one of the others. Uh, animal handling, insight, intimidation, or performance. For the one that you pick this time, your proficiency is doubled. Um, excuse me. It doesn't matter what you pick. Per, your persuasion is doubled. Yes. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check that uses persuasion. You receive this benefit regardless of the skill proficiency you gain from this feature. So even if you don't take uh, persuasion, you don't have it, but you want to take intimidation instead, when you do persuasion, you still will double your benefits from it. I have to read that again. I'm sorry. This is really bad writing. That's negative, sir. This is old school. So Sword Course Adventure Guide is one of the first books. I think what they're trying to say here, and this is how I would interpret it, is that as long as you have persuasion, you could benefit from the skill, no matter what you chose for this time. But you still have to have that. Thanks for the lurk, Ashley. Starting at 10th level, when you use your action surge feature, you can choose one creature within 60 feet of you. This is called inspiring surge. So you use your action surge at 10th level or above, and you choose one creature within 60 feet of you. That creature gets to make one melee or ranged weapon attack with its reaction, provided that it can see or hear you. So if you look at that writing, and this is the difference between old and new. I think the newer stuff is written more comprehensive, but this is an old one where we needed to sit down and look at it. What it's saying that is when you use your action surge, giving yourself another action, you can pick another ally and they can make using their reaction, make a melee or ranged weapon attack. Now, you don't want to throw this at your casters. 
You want to make sure that it's somebody who has a weapon in hand to use because it happens right that point. At 18th level, you get to choose two allies, but that's later on, and if you get that far. And the last thing you get with the Banneret is at 15th level, you can extend the benefit of your Indomitable feature to an ally. When you decide to use Indomitable to re-roll an Intelligence, Wisdom, or, or Charisma saving throw, that's one of the things you get normally as a fighter. And, well, and you're not incapacitated, doesn't make any sense. You choose another ally within 60 feet of you that has also failed a saving throw against the same effect. If that creature can see or hear you, it can re-roll a saving throw. This can save you from dragon breaths. Um, hellhound breaths. Normal hellhound breaths, not the um, the ones that I used last night are a little bit more homebrewed because of what I wanted them to do. It's called Purple Dragon Knight, but Banneret is what you're looking for if you're ever looking for that. Um, they were officers and warriors of the Kamorian army, if I remember right. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. It's the big of Faerun and understanding what uh, Faerun is. So I think they did a revision of this in um, a homebrew. I don't think they changed. I think they added a few things, which is probably good because that was a pretty short list. And neither is right or wrong. Again, I say it a million times, make sure to talk to your DM. In this game, we never want to surprise our dungeon master. We do not want to surprise, in any game, we don't want to surprise the person running the game of what we have, especially if it's going to be something new. Give them a chance to look it up. As an example, I've been working with Soul Knife Rogues. It's new to me, so I had to keep up with that. Because Lissa chose that as her um, subclass, as her rogue on Monday nights for Bros and Dragons. So I had to look that up. She didn't sideswipe me with it. She said she was going to take it. She actually told me there's a possibility she was going to take it. And then she actually did take it. So when you look at that and you think about D&D or any tabletop game as a whole, they share this consistency. And the consistency is... Making a table that everybody wants to be at. That's the important thing. To have fun and not and want to be there and see the incredible things. The funny thing is, at the table, I told you guys about with the Echo Knight, and they turned it into a kink thing. It was funny because nobody really got mad about it, even though some people there were not kinks. Um, that's, that's not their lifestyle. They don't choose it. And it does usually make them uncomfortable. I think everybody just encouraged somebody to use their imagination because they were role-playing something within the game outside of functionality of combat. And if your whole table does combat, that's fine. If your whole table does role-playing, that's fine. If you're 50-50, that's fine. Do never judge anybody for how they want to play this game. Do not make people hurry because of the way you want to play this game either. Let people enjoy the aspects of the game the way that they want to enjoy it. And be prepared to do the things that you don't enjoy so that other people enjoy it as well. It's a compromise. It's a table put together where everybody is working together to have a good experience. And that's it. It's not difficult. And tabletop role-playing, people make it difficult. 
People create problems, but the games themselves are not written to have problems in them. Most of them. I haven't seen them all, so I had to put that little disclaimer in there. But the 200 that I've seen, mainstream and, and indie games, none of them. No, none of them set out to cause a problem. Yeah, none of them. I don't have anything else. I didn't see any questions. Fighters are fairly simple. We'll probably go through the rest of them next week and then move on. But just remember that fighters have a potential in themselves. They're not boring. None of them are. I do not think there is a boring class in the game of D&D. I haven't seen a boring class in any tabletop role-playing game that I've played. Just none. Even when people find try to make it boring, there's always something that ends up being really cool. At one point, Dungeons & Dragons was just a battle game. It was a war strategy game. It's evolved something past that. 5th edition is definitely way past that. So when you judge tabletop role-playing games, make sure to judge them by the right constraints to judge them, which is what they're intended for, not what you intend from them. Because some people might think the stuff that you think is dumb is good, and the stuff that you think is good is dumb, and nobody's right and nobody's wrong. Tabletop role-playing are amazing. As we all come together and watch this new game of Rupture open up, as we watch all these different um, characters being made, if you're like me, you were interested because it explained a new game series, and it actually is very interesting in and of itself. And it's wonderful. So I hope to see you there. For now, love everyone. Keep it nerdy and live your dreams. Later. This has been a NerdWorks production.